Oh no, not again. I'm in that crazy guy's dungeon. But wait a minute, there's no bars, there's no cells. It's just stone block paths leading in every direction. What's going on? Well, 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 if it isn't my so-called friend who was going to help me break into the mainstream horror industry. Hey man, my agent hardly even reads my stuff. Yes, but you're not the greatest undiscovered horror writer to ever put pin to page named Lord Serpent because I am. Your agent should have been drooling at the opportunity to sell my scripts and stories to Bloomhouse or whoever else makes horror movies. Listen, I'm sorry. Okay, that's on me. So, you let me out? I promise I'll get you a meeting, alright? Oh, no, 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 my dear friend. I cannot let you out of where you find yourself now. Only you can. For you are in the bowels of Lord Serpent's Labyrinth. <laughs> oh, God. What? What must I do? Find your way to the center of the labyrinth, you horrible fool, before my minions in the shadows catch up. For at the center, you will find a new story ensconced upon a bloody altar. A story my little pets love oh so well. Read it to them, and they will be calmed. For a time. Perhaps enough time for you to find an escape? Unlikely, but you never know. Now, prepare yourself for... What? No, I prefer name-brand sodas, not that knockoff swill they sell at big-box retailers. And anyway, you know not to interrupt me when I'm on the evil intercom to my dark labyrinth. Yes, on ice. That would be fun. Thank you. <clears throat> now, as I was saying, prepare thyself. You may begin when you hear the scream. Uh, 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 Better hurry. They're getting closer. <laughs> oh, God! Where are all these stairs come from? Where did that frog come from? Uh, I guess I'm going left again. Is that a... Oh, it's moving! Fire! Something's on me! Something's on me! Oh, the altar. Thank God. That must be the story. I'll just take it and... Oh, no. They're here. The factory whistle blew its mournful banshee's wail, signaling it was time to tend to humanity's own factories, that being their stomachs, by providing them with fuel to keep the fires hot, that being food. Lunch. Hermes Rockenfella opened the brown paper bag his wife had given him, and saw lunch fit for a sultan. Four hard-boiled eggs dyed in different shades of purest food color, red, blue, green, and violet. My favorite meal, he growled lecherously as he bit into the red egg and imagined it was an eggy strawberry. Two shadows graced his presence. Hermes looked up to see his boss, Foreman George, 
looking down on him, smiling the winning smile that had earned him the coveted foreman's pay. Hey there, Hermes, foreman said. He tapped Hermes' radiation detection button that was affixed to his power plant onesie. Staying away from the rads, huh? Hermes grunted. Manatee River Nuclear Power Plant Employee and Book, page 13. Don't get exposed to too much radiation. You're like an encyclopedia for rules, Foreman said. That's what some admire about you, and even a few fear. That's why I've got a special job for you today. Special job, Hermes asked, egg dripping from his crooked teeth like gore from a raccoon's craw. Foreman smiled and stepped aside, revealing a man behind him. Man? Freak was more like it. He stood about five foot two, possibly taller if he stood up straight, for the man had a constant hunch that, left unaddressed, would give him scoliosis faster than a bad pair of loafers. His shoulders curved inward, and he had crooked arms that ended in oddly padded hands. His clothes, white button-up, khaki slacks, and a black tie, were soiled and torn. Thick, brown hair poked out from his collar, sleeves, and the holes in his clothes. The man's visage was the most frightening, for he had five o'clock shadow around his entire face and neck. His hair was cut short, but so thick it looked like fur. His nose was oddly shaped and covered in foundation. This, Foreman said, is Retric. How do you do? Retric sniffled, <laughs> bowing low. Hermes gave the pair a confused look. You mean Patrick? No, Retric said. Foreman continued, Retric is a new hire, so I need you to show him the ropes. Fine, Hermes said. Just let me finish my eggs in peace, all right? Foreman leaned into Retric. Man lacks his eggs, he said before sidling off, leaving Hermes alone with a strange new hire. Retric clattered his long-nailed fingers together. I am especially interested in your safety procedures, Retric said specifically in regards to what steps you have taken to prevent sabotage. Sabotage? Hermes grunted. Who'd want to sabotage a nuclear power plant? It'd leave Manatee County nothing more than a radioactive wasteland, fit only for horrific mutants. Fascinating, Retric said, taking notes in a moldy waterlogged notebook. Hermes narrowed his eyes. Sorry, he said, suspicion ripening in his mind like a fresh pumpkin. You're not from the Department of Energy, are you? You ain't gonna rat us out. Heavens, no, Retric said, a tittering chortle <laughs> on his breath. He scratched another note into his notebook and then stared at Hermes expectantly as if waiting for another information nugget. Hermes sighed and hurled his lunch to the floor. Come on, he said. Something's put me off my eggs, and we've got a whole power plant to see. Hermes pinned a fresh radioactive detection pin to his chest as he walked down the hall. It was the third one he'd gone through that day. It kept malfunctioning. One had even registered dangerous levels of radiation when he was showing Ratrick the parking lot. He tried to diagnose the problem, but Ratrick kept interrupting him with pointless questions, so he told him to go ahead to his favorite room, the control center. But when he opened the door, he was met with chaos. Hey! Obayashi, the head nuclear reactor technician, shouted. Hermes watched as she put herself between one of the main control panels and Ratrick, who looked bashful. What now? Hermes moaned. This guy almost pressed the vent radioactive coolant button! Obayashi shouted. 
That would have detonated the entire facility, killing every single human being and creature for miles. Except, of course, any creature who may have evolved to tolerate massive amounts of radioactivity. Obayashi stormed out of the room with a ferocity only a betrayed nuclear reactor technician could. Hermes swooped between Ratrick and the big red button, blocking any chance the disgusting new hire had of pressing it. Employee handbook rule number one. Don't press the big red button, Hermes growled. Ratrick cocked his head to the side and smiled like the Cheshire cat. Dear me, he purred. I hope I haven't caused a fuss. I'll go make amends with the angry woman. He scurried out of the room, leaving Hermes to lock and lower the plastic shield that covered the red button that could bring so much doom from such a simple press. He rushed out of the room as fast as he could, hoping Ratrick hadn't gotten into any more trouble, and was shocked as if struck by lightning when he rounded a corner to see Ratrick standing next to a pile of clothes. Obayashi's clothes. What have you done with the head nuclear reactor technician? Hermes asked. Ratrick held up the clothes in numb shock. I didn't do anything, he said. Her clothes were just laying here like she just vanished. At the end of the day, Hermes was the only one clocking out. Most everyone else had gone missing. Juan, the security guard. Inez, the reactor tech. Billie Jean, another security guard. Astrophasia, the safety compliance officer. All were missing, leaving only their clothes behind. Hermes wasn't one to subscribe to crackpot theories, and he certainly didn't jump to conclusions. But he feared there was something bigger going on here. Something involving Ratrick. Was it a coincidence that this strange, hairy man showed up and people started disappearing the very same afternoon? Was it a coincidence that all of Ratrick's questions were about security procedures? Was it a coincidence that Ratrick almost caused a nuclear meltdown? Hermes couldn't be sure, but he was going to make damn sure that he could be. Oi, Ratrick, Hermes said, as his ward for the day tried to figure out the clockout machine. I gotta go take a murderous shit. You go on, Ed. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, Ratrick said. Okay, farewell, Hermes. Hermes tried to conceal his stunned joy that his improvised plan worked so well, but the ghost of a smile waltzed across his middle-aged visage. He rushed off towards the bathroom and ducked around a corner in the hallway and waited. Back against the wall, his chubby chest heaving up and down from his brief run until he heard the front door close. He rushed into the power plant's foyer to see Ratrick's hunched form slipping into a taxi outside. For a brief instant, Hermes noticed a strange shape poking out of the back of the odd man's pants, a lump like a bunched-up diaper might make. Did this man wear diapers? Each discovery only yielded more questions. Hermes quickly ran outside and flagged down another cab. He slid into the back seat and threw a wad of cash at the driver before pointing at Ratrick's cab and shouting, Follow that man! The trail led to an open sewer grate that gaped like the maw of a demented mutant freak as Hermes peered into the darkness. Before speeding away, his driver had assured him that he'd seen Ratrick scurry down this hole. Can't follow him no farther than that, the cabbie said with the tip of his cabbie hat. Then he was gone, leaving Hermes all alone, staring at a hole in the ground. It didn't take him too long to slink into the opening and climb down into the Stygian depths of Manatee River's mighty sewer system. The whole thing had been redone in the 80s when corporate profits were up and drug smuggling was cool. 
Under the guise of preparing for future hurricanes, the sewers were massively widened, big enough so that someone could drive a name-brand station wagon down their length. In reality, it was just to facilitate Manatee River's burgeoning drug trade. The sewer was the perfect place in which to escape your problems. Perhaps even, Hermes thought as he stepped foot upon the concrete floor, to build a secret society the likes of which the human mind could only flail at comprehending. The gentle trickle of raw human sewage swelled to an almost unimaginable volume as Hermes tried to shield his nose from the stench. He pulled a Geiger counter from his pocket. He'd stolen one from work on a hunch, and the hunch went like this. What if he hadn't gotten a bad batch of rad badges, and the ten different badges that all registered high levels of radiation in non-radioactive areas weren't flukes? What if new radiation was being introduced? What if Ratrick was that radiation, and ergo, radioactive himself? The only way to be sure was to turn the meter on while adjacent to Ratrick and no other radiation, which would be difficult in a nuclear power plant, so Hermes had yet to test his hypothesis. But there was another layer to his hunch that hunched harder than any previous hunch he'd ever felt. A hunch that reminded him very much of one hunched Ratrick. He clicked the Geiger counter on. A low, radioactive crackle greeted him like sizzling radioactive bacon. He turned to his left. Nothing. To his right? Nothing. Behind? Nothing. He took a step forward. The crackling increased by a micron, a nuclear amount that would have been imperceptible to the ears of anyone other than a nuclear technician such as Hermes. But the microscopic increase meant radioactive breadcrumbs. A trail. Would it lead to wherever Ratrick was going? Hermes could only guess, and guessed that it would, and that guess was as good as any. So he waded into the flow of human waste and got to walking. There was a light up ahead, a green glow throbbing around a bend like light from a bioluminescent wound. The Geiger counter was going crazy. Hermes flicked its power switch to the off position, lest the mad clicking give away his position to whatever it was he approached. Something was ahead, waiting for him. Hermes took a breath and walked around the corner, bathing himself in sickly green light. Then he gasped. Uranium, radium, polonium. He'd never seen so many eums in his life. They covered almost every surface of a huge underground sewer chamber. No, not a chamber, a cavern. The ceiling rose so high that the sickly viridian glow didn't even reach into its gloomy darkness. How high did it go? A hundred feet? Infinity feet? Hermes would never know. But it wasn't the cavernous height of the cavern, nor the plethora of radioactive material blooming from the floor and walls like deadly flowers that elicited such a hopeless, terrifying gasp from the nuclear reactor technician. It was the glowing city of death and madness that would be seared into his memory, like the mutations the radiation had most assuredly seared into his fragile DNA. Buildings of radioactive metal and stone stretched away into the darkness. Houses, shops, restaurants, malls, parks, even what appeared to be a go-kart course. An entire underground radioactive world, hitherto undiscovered by the eyes of man. A radioactive fog crept across the ground, and from the fog figures emerged, man-sized and silhouetted in the contaminated gleam. Hunched bodies covered in thick, greasy fur. Spindly limbs ending in disgusting, sharp claws. Long snouts with whiskers and demented teeth. Wiry tails thick as giant squid tentacles. My god, Hermes mumbled, taking a step backwards. Rat. Table. 
They stepped forward, claws clacking, tails swishing, and slavering mouths smacking. Hermes could barely contain his disgust. Bile and vomit crept up the back of his throat, but he swallowed it back down, a fear that a fluid of spew would alert these monsters to how scared he truly was. He backed away and bumped into something man-sized and war. He spun around. Ratrick. So, his co-worker hissed as he began to unbutton his shirt. You followed me. You shouldn't have done that. Shashashaka! Hermes' lips trembled. Why? He stuttered. Why are you unbuttoning your shirt? Ratrick grinned, his sharp rat fangs gleaming in the radioactive light. He sniggered. To show you what you've been training all day, and what you foolishly tailed down into the sewer's radioactive depths. Sha 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 ka! Sha 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 ka! The other rat people shrieked. They were closer now. Hermes was running out of time, and running out of it fast. Ratrick ripped his shirt open revealing hideous, greasy rat hair. He brought his hands to his mouth and pulled them off, revealing them as nothing more than skin-toned gloves. He had rat claws beneath. Next, he ripped off his pants, revealing hairy rat legs and a slimy tail. Lastly, he removed some tape and carefully applied makeup from his freshly shaved face, releasing his snout, which sprung to the forefront like the bow of a mighty submarine as it breached the cold waters of the North Atlantic. No, Hermes said. It can't be. Come, nuclear reactor technician, Ratrick said. It's unfathomable that a man as educated as yourself can't trust the empirical rat-like evidence right in front of his face. But how? Hermes gasped. Fifteen years in the industry and you never wondered where all that radioactive waste was going? Ratrick sneered. To a secure facility in Colorado, Hermes said automatically. Well, apart from the stuff in that radioactive waste accident in 1987... The rat people cackled with deranged laughter. The pitiful folks of Manatee County might believe that, but surely you don't. No, this place is the dumping ground. Trash, surplus military equipment, radioactive waste. It all finds its way here, to us, the rats. And years of exposure to the deadliest elements known to science can do anything. Even turn a rat into a rat man. Trash? Military equipment? That's what those piles were. A plan began to form in Hermes' mind. But why suddenly take a job at a nuclear power plant? He asked, eyes darting from pile to pile, searching for anything that could aid his flight from this cursed realm. We grow tired! Ratrick shrieked, and the other rat people hissed in affirmation. We grow tired of living in the sewer! Shashashaka! We grow tired of living in the dark, lit only by the radioactive glow! Shashasha! We grow weary of the stench and the trash, but we need radioactivity to survive. There was something on the ground, a nozzle of some sort. Could it be a weapon? It was still a good couple of meters away from Hermes. 
He inched closer as Ratrick, that vile being, monologued. But one day we wondered, what if the surface was a suitable climate? What if the surface was as radioactive as the dark sewer depths? What if we could live in the light, unashamed, unafraid of our beautiful rat person visages? Hermes stumbled. A thought suddenly hit him like a sack full of rats. The tour, the disappearing technicians, all those questions about what might cause a reactor meltdown. My god, Hemi said. You're gonna blow it up. All of it. You're gonna turn Manatee County into a radioactive wasteland. We're going to turn Manatee County into a paradise. Ratrick shrieked. The sewer exploded in a chorus of echoing shashakas. Weren't you suspicious that your entire team went missing today? Ratrick asked. Where are they? Hermes asked back. Ratrick chuckled. In my family's bellies. Hermes gulped in sublime terror. But why? He whispered. Because we wanted to. Ratrick answered, his eyes gleaming with purest evil. Hermes leapt to the nozzle, taking the rats by surprise and hauled it from the muck, revealing a military-grade flamethrower, which he quickly strapped to his back. Judging from the weight of the thing, it still had fuel. He clicked on a button, and a pilot light ignited at the end of the dreaded nozzle. Step back, you freaks, you mutant rats, or it's barbecue time, he growled. Ratmen, so conceited and cruel before the introduction of heavy weapons, now backed away with a hiss. Fire was anathema to them, their mortal enemy, much unlike the precious radiation that sustained their lives. You make fire down here? Ratrick roared. Heretic! Blasphemer! You... A deep rumble interrupted the rat man's deranged screed. As one, the rats turned and looked back towards their accursed city. They pawed at their ears and chittered in terror. Oh no! What have you done? Put it out, you fool! Put it out! Ratrick suddenly dove towards him, shrieking, Put it out! at the top of his ratty lungs. Hermes did the opposite squeezing the trigger and sending a gout of flame to strike his erstwhile mentee. Flesh bubbled and crackled across Ratrick's hideous form. He shrieked, a half-rat, half-man sound of unimaginable pain, that for the briefest moment made Hermes feel bad about the terror and pain he had unleashed upon this wretched creature. Rivulets of the most crimson liquid, that being blood, dripped and sizzled onto the cooked ground. Ratrick struck the ground, shuddering. The other ratmen fled. Hermes didn't take any chances and sent gouts of liquid fire after the stragglers to make sure they got the memo. Dinner is canceled because dinner has a friggin' flamethrower. <laughs> Ratrick rasped from the ground, the burnt skin around his lips crinkling like a jumbo package of pork rinds. <laughs> What's so funny? Hermes asked. You looking to be well done? The time is nigh, Ratrick said. You woke him. The prophecy is fulfilled, and the age of the rat has begun. Hermes grabbed Ratrick by his scorched fur and shook him. Who's awake? 
Who? The Rat King! Ratrick whispered before collapsing in Hermes' arms. A resonant horn sounded in the deep, something regal and otherworldly. Through the radioactive mist now dotted with burning rat corpses, something loomed up from the city. The edges of the shape wriggled and writhed as if every inch of whatever this was, was alive. It rolled closer, and in the light of the fires, Hermes finally got a good look at it. Rats. Hundreds of man-sized, radioactive rats, shaped into a sphere, their long tails clumped into a messy knot at the sphere's nucleus. A ball of rats. A rat king. Well, well, well. Hundreds of rats said in one voice, I am now awake, little one, and ready to take your above world as my own. Can you fathom it, manling? How long I have waited to irradiate the surface? You cannot. Such numbers are beyond your measly comprehension. Suffice it to say that... Hermes screamed and torched the fucker. Rats shrieked as they burned, but the ball of flesh and tails was too massive, too enormous to be defeated by a mere flamethrower. The Rat King rolled forward, trying to crush Hermes under its bulk, but the technician was too fast and leapt to safety on a pile of human excrement. The Rat King rolled away, undoubtedly looping for a second run at him. Hermes didn't give him a chance. Instead, he rushed towards the tunnel he had taken from the surface and sat the flamethrower at its mouth. He turned the dial on the gas tank from flamethrower to bomb and set the timer on the back of the flamethrower to 15 seconds. Then he ran. He could hear the Rat King rolling behind him, and he could only pray that he had judged the distance between him and the massive sphere's ground speed accurately. He had. The Rat King rolled over the flamethrower just as the timer reached zero. The explosion shook the sewer, and Hermes tripped and fell into another pile of human excrement. Bricks rained from the arched ceiling, and Hermes had to cover his head to avoid being brained. The rumbling ceased and Hermes was about to uncurl from his fetal position when another rumble shook his world. He curled up again and waited for the bricks to stop falling. Eventually, they did. He looked up. The cave mouth where he had set the flamethrower was gone, replaced by a collapsed tunnel. Of the Rat King, he could see no sign. My god, I made it, he said to himself. But for how long? His body was most likely now riddled with cancers. He'd be dead in a year tops, but that was enough time to get to the surface, to warn authorities that terrorist rats were planning on making the nuclear power plant go critical. He rushed to the ladder he had climbed down what felt like a lifetime ago. Weak as he was, he started to climb, at least until he felt claws around his ankle. He looked down. Ratrick looked back at him with his one unburnt eye. Where are you going? He growled. To the surface, Hermes said, to stop you rats from destroying my beloved manatee county. Ratrick began to cough and shake. Spittle formed in the corners of his mouth, and his eyes lolled wildly. Was he dying? No. There was something joyous in the sound. He was laughing. 
I don't think so. I set the reactor to self-destruct when I left work today. It's already gone. No! Hermes shouted. He kicked Ratrick in the face, and the rat man fell into the river of sewage below, laughing as the current of waste swept him away. Hermes scurried up the ladder, terror lending him new strength. It couldn't be true. It couldn't be. He pushed the manhole aside and emerged onto the street. It was a wasteland. A once vibrant boulevard was now shattered and broken. The brand name Margarita restaurant that once reigned supreme was leveled to so much dust. No one was around. Instead, he spotted several scorch marks in the shape of people that littered the sidewalk and what remained of the walls. They had been vaporized. Instantly, this was all that remained. Their shadows. The second rumble, Hermes said, his heart racing. It was this. Radioactive ash began to rain on the doomed man, the sole survivor of the Manatee River nuclear power plant explosion. He fell to his knees and wept. But a sound from a nearby culvert caught his attention. It was quiet, but after his ordeal, he'd recognize it anywhere. Hermes jumped to his feet and ran away, screaming. For what he heard was scurrying. The scurrying of rats. Good. Good. Now raise your eyes and look at the things that have been pursuing you. No. No. They're rats. People! Rat people? Or your new family? Only time will tell. You've lulled them into a pleasant slumber with your excellent recital of their favorite tale. But they won't sleep forever. Now, scurry along and see if you can escape before they awake. <laughs> This episode was performed by Andrew Shoemaker and Lord Serpent. It was edited by Charles Brock and Lord Serpent. Rattrick was written by Charles Brock and Lord Serpent. It was produced by Stacey Melbourne, Michael Morgan, Charles Brock, and Lord Serpent. Michael Morgan and Lord Serpent were the audio engineers. The music was composed by Drew Smith, Charles Brock, and Lord Serpent. Tune in next season, my little rats, for even more of my horrific tales of madness and terror. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lord Serpent's Library and check out my homepage at rss.com slash podcasts slash Lord Serpent's Library. <laughs>